Hey friends, welcome to Finally Out with Friends. My name is Rai and my pronouns are he, him. And this is B, she, her. And together we hope to create a welcoming and safe space for anyone who needs to take a breath and finally be out with friends. In this podcast, we talk about things that are hard to talk about or situations that are hard to come up. Trigger warning. This episode deals with mental health disorders, suicide, and miscarriage. If this is topics you do not feel comfortable listening to or will upset you, take care of yourself and we will catch you in the next one. This is Rai, and in the next few episodes, B and I will be discussing our identities, backgrounds, and that thing not. Things that made us who we are today. In this particular episode, we're going to talk about our mental health backgrounds and where we stand as of today. When I was 22, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. So in case anybody's wondering, bipolar disorder, formerly called manic depression, is a mental health condition that causes extreme mood swings that include emotional highs, mania or hypomania, and lows, depression. Uh, when I was diagnosed with bipolar 1 disorder, and it is described as having at least one manic episode in their lifetime. Manic episodes are periods of abnormally elevated or irritable moods and high energy. They are accompanied by abnormal behavior that disrupts life. Most of people with bipolar one disorder also suffer from episodes of depression. Some people have bipolar two disorder, which have periods of depression and periods of elevated mood called hypomania. Hypomania is similar to mania, but less extreme. People with bipolar two disorder can experience depression for longer periods, which can cause significant impairment. When I was 21, I moved about an hour away from where I lived. And one of the friends I met realized that my similarities and their husband's similarities were very close. So when I was seeing my psychiatrist, I mentioned that. And after talking to them is when they diagnosed me with bipolar disorder. So how long was the friend's husband like diagnosed? Did he have the same as you, bipolar one or? I do not remember which he had. I haven't talked to them over a decade, so I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Well, um, did you feel like it was something that you had prior to like your friend pointing it out or did were you suspicious that something else was going on i mean i knew something else was going on but i don't think i really knew what bipolar disorder was at the time so i didn't really know until she was like there's something wrong and i think it might be that that's fair i had experience with somebody that was bipolar in my life when I was in my teens, um, mid to late teens. And uh, it was my stepmom. My stepmom was diagnosed as a teen herself. And when I lived with them for a short time, my dad took me to the uh, Cherokee Nation hospitals and had them diagnose me as the same there 
And I know now as an adult that that was a clear misdiagnosis for me. Uh, yeah. Um, and like, you weren't medicated, at least not recently for that, and didn't really have any symptoms, right? Like. So I haven't been medicated for that in years since I think before you and I actually met, I hadn't been medicated for it. Which was a decade ago. Yeah, because shortly after I moved back to live with my mom, I stopped taking the medication for that. And I mean, like my symptoms were that my parents were trying to get me diagnosed for was depression, anger, which, you know, I had stuff going on at home. So of course I was a typical teenager. I was pissed off. I was depressed. Like, I don't know. I still feel like my bio dad just like pushed the diagnosis because that's what his wife had. And he just was like, ah, it's all the same. Yeah. She also had schizophrenia, right? She did. She did. And I was also diagnosed with borderline schizophrenia too. So I was diagnosed as bipolar, borderline schizophrenia. But you didn't really have all of the signs of it. And, and you were like, what, 15, 16? Yeah, like 14, 15, 16, something in there. I can't even remember, dude. All of that that's a blur. Fair. <laughs> a blur. Yeah, that's a long time to go without being medicated and not have a manic episode. Clearly, over a decade, <laughs> it seems like definitely a misdiagnosis did you take a long time figuring out like what medications worked for you uh so not long after i um saw that psychiatrist and got on meds i'm not exactly sure but within a few months of that i then moved down uh south to where you are and i didn't find a new psychiatrist when they moved down there. Um, and then I started taking, watching a friend's kids and then they're like, there's something wrong with you. And they're like, you need to go back on that. So I found a new psychiatrist and I just like looked one up and called one and then I made an appointment, so I got there and I got my old beds that I had run out of and said, hey, I'm bipolar. These are the meds I was on before I moved down here. And the psychiatrist then put me on antidepressant without a mood stabilizer. And when he first put me on it, nothing happened. And then he upped the dose. And after upping the dose, I had a very severe uh, manic episode and I literally didn't sleep for a week straight after that. How? How did you not sleep for a week? I couldn't. I was so manic that I couldn't sleep. When I would go home from work, I would just pace my tiny studio apartment. And at work, 
um, I was a server when I was at working. One of the other night uh, servers was convinced that I was on like math or I something and made me promise her that it was because the psychiatrist mixed up my meds and then it was over a week before they could make a new appointment. Oh, crap. So you just had to suffer. Yeah. I actually got in, like, I accidentally hit a car. And then the, because I was, like, trying to go there, but they're like, we can't make an appointment for a week. So then I was going to, I was, I got some McDonald's and then I was heading home. And I hit a car and then a policeman pulled up and, like, nothing happened to the car. And he's like, uh, someone should come get at you because if something happens, you know. But I was like, I'm fine. I'm just going home. I was like, I was going to see this. Like, I just read, and I always probably should have let me go. He should have made sure someone picked me up, but he did not. He just let me go. And then, yeah, it was still a week after that, that, till I was able to see him. But one of my good friends who also has bipolar disorder, one, um, told me about the meds that worked for him. And so I went back to that appointment and said hey can we try this because clearly you fuck shit up yeah no kidding um and so he gave up he did that and then my friend who is a veteran helped me find somewhere else he he looked up different psychiatrists and he went with me to the first one oh that's nice yeah because i was very nervous about it, which obviously the psychiatrist giving me the wrong meds, but there's also another uh, thing that happened, which we'll be talking about later. That made me very nervous, and thankfully, he helped me and went with me. So that's good. Yeah. Now, at this time when you got into the accident, um, I know nobody knows us yet, but. Rye and I used to work together at a restaurant. Um, he and I both worked at the same chain, but two stores that's local to where we were living at the time. Um, so at the time that you had the accident, you were working at one of the restaurants? Uh, yes, I was working at the other one from you at that point. Oh, okay. This was probably... Um late 2010 early 2011 and we didn't meet until 2013 are you sure we didn't meet until 2013 because i got married in 2011 i could have sworn i knew you before i got married no i mean you might have i know sometimes you came to the other restaurant but that's when you were managing i think so yeah i mean but i worked over there managing prior to marriage and i mostly worked with michael I don't even know who that is. Okay, so then, okay. Because I didn't um, start until 2010. In May okay. of 2010. And then how long had you been working at the first store until you came working at my full-time store? Oh, uh, two years, I believe. Okay. Somewhere around there. Hmm. I mean, that makes sense since I was at the other store full-time anyways. Yeah. So yeah, it was, I was, so I, well, 
was correctly medicated by that point. I mean, they had to change the doses some, but I'm still on the same sure. meds as I was back then. They've just been... And it still... It still works, yeah. Um, I When I moved back up to the Midwest, I, uh, I had run out of meds before I had gotten an appointment with a doctor. And so they put me on something else because it worked faster. And the meds I'm on take a couple weeks to work. And that was not possible at the time I needed something that worked faster. Now, I'm just nosy curious here. Do you still have manic episodes even though you're ma you're medicated? Um, so not like bad. Um. If I don't take my meds, yes, I try to take my meds every night, but um, sometimes when it's really late, I only take half a foot of my meds because I'm like, <laughs> I need to be able to wake up for work in the morning. Oh, yeah. And I need to actually get up when my alarm goes off, not just turn it off and go back to sleep, which. Right happens to me sometimes i'm telling you you need that alarm that you step on the mat you have to physically step on the mat to make it stop uh yeah i mean i i bought a new one that shakes my bed because the old one only says 24 hours to 12 hours so, you finally got that one in the mail i yeah, i got it that's good but uh, I caught it last it week and I still haven't plugged it in. So the other one still technically works. I just can't see what time it is. No. <laughs> I, I get still. I just let the alarm set to what they were. So it still goes off and wakes me up. Um, but then I still have to like get up and stay up. Yeah. Um, were you misdiagnosed with anything prior to actually getting your diagnosis of being bipolar? Uh, yes. I, when I was 18, um, I got, uh, discharged from the military and in order to, uh. I always forget that you were in the military. So in order to stay at my mom's, I had to go to counseling, which we'll talk about later. But yes, I was hospitalized, which we'll discuss in another episode. But it, I was diagnosed with depression. And that time I was put on Prozac, but the time I had the manic episode, I was on Soloft. But I mean, both can make manic episodes, but I was on a light dose so treatment or whatever you see a counselor was that per your mom's request or was that the military yes no very much oh, okay. no, that's fair we, are you willing to discuss why you were discharged mental health reasons that's fair and not uncommon either no um honestly the recruiter uh told me to lie about it which terrible advice you just wanted more money for recruiting someone i don't want to be that person but i have heard that a lot yeah 
that recruiters will glorify you know, it I, in those cases. He was saying like counseling at any point was like you wouldn't be allowed to join. And I had been in counseling before that um, when I was younger, which we might get into in another episode. But uh, he told me to lie about all of that. Why? Terrible idea. Yeah. Horrible terrible advice. Idea. Don't. Yeah. I don't like to lie. So I should have not lied. Um, but yeah, I, I do not recommend lying, especially going into Definitely the military. Definitely not. They do not like that. Yeah. They will kick oh, that's you out. terrible. Yeah. So when you were diagnosed with, um, depression, was that what you kind of just stuck with and just thought that you had before your friend had pointed out like, Hey, I think there's something more to this. Um, yeah, and I don't think I was on the meds for very long, so I think I was just like, nah, I don't need these on that. I was definitely self-medicating at that point. Um, such a typical, typical mental health move. I don't need yes. these medications. This isn't working. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, it wouldn't have worked for me if I had stayed on it. It probably would have caused a manic episode. Um, but yeah, good time. <laughs> well, finally, I got my proper diagnosis, of course, after clearly not having bipolar since I was not medicated, but I still suffered with like the real, I, I had the blues, dude. Like I was sad all the time and not just from like the stuff that I had going on in my personal life with my family you know, whatever. I was like, I was down. I finally got yeah, diagnosed like... with depression, but I, I couldn't tell you what age I was. You're over there with like, I was diagnosed at this age. Me? Listen, <laughs> a lot of it is a blur. I'm not even joking. I mean, I only know because the year I moved. And, uh, that's that's fair. That's fair. I did not remember what age I was. I did the math. When I tell you it's a blur, I cannot remember most of my childhood, most of my teens, and most of my early adulthood, even after I got married. Blur. Um, I mean, it's kind of a trauma response it, to blur stuff out. It's, so It's the trauma. So I also have some of that from childhood. I'm sure you do. And teenage years. I'm sure you do. But as you say, I'm a goldfish because I don't remember anything anyways. So Yeah, so not only is this new to the listeners, it's all similar still because you forgot. Uh, but yeah, when I finally got my uh, depression diagnosis, they had originally put me on Zoloft. I do remember I had to have been an early teen because I had that like suicidal response, which I was suicidal as a teenager anyway. But now I know that was a cry for help. Somebody just pay attention to me and love me. Like, anyway, whole other thing. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think that's always the case, though, for people. For me. For me. Yeah, for you. It was. Yeah, that makes sense. It was. I was trying to get my parents' attention. Being a second child for me in my house was not easy. I mean, I'm not sure that is the only reason your child lives is not easy, I think. Part of it is the people. Probably. 
Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. But they had put me on Zoloft. And yeah, apparently Zoloft is, it's pretty common to uh, feel suicidal when you are under a certain age on Zoloft. Um, I believe that's like antidepressants as a whole and not just really? Zoloft. Yeah. Okay. For I'm... like uh, teens and young adults. Yeah. I'm pretty sure all of the antidepressants say a warning about suicide for teens and young adults. I did not have that problem with Abilify though. It was only Zoloft that I had that issue with. Is that one like specifically a uh, antidepressant? A yeah. I think so. I think what they had said about the Zoloft was there was a higher chance than with just Abilify. I mean, I'm on Zoloft now, but I'm also an adult and I don't experience those problems uh, anymore. So I just looked it up. Yeah. I doesn't i was like i was on that one so i don't think that's uh i didn't think it was an antidepressant yeah yeah because how long do the commercials now use as an anti-treatment for adults with major depressive with an antidepressant alone is not enough so it's a is, is an antipsychotic med that helps several kinds of mental health conditions including schizophrenia Bipolar one disorder, autism spectrum disorder, and Tourette's. So yeah, I was like, I don't think that's an antidepressant because I think that's what I was first put on when I was diagnosed with. Interesting. There was another med too, which I cannot remember at this point. But yeah, I have after the whole situation. Hmm. I didn't realize that um, with the psychiatrist, I was like, I don't care if you put me on a mood stabilizer. I'm not also taking an antidepressant. I refuse. So that's why I was pretty sure it wasn't. This just hit me when I was on the Abilify was when I was seeing that. I don't know if she was a therapist. Did or she prescribe just a it? Yes. Then she had to be no, a no, psychiatrist. No, no. There was two of them. Oh, okay. Wait, no. Wait, maybe. I don't know. Maybe she was the all-in-one. I can't remember. Well, but I either way, that was the... A nurse, like, practitioners can also prescribe She that. was not an NP. Okay. She was somebody who I saw in the outpatient uh, mental health facility here. Okay, so when was that? Before you had your kid? Yeah, yeah, definitely prior. That was, um, let's see... I think that was when, dude, I can't remember if that was before or after I lived with my bio dad for that short time. Fair. She was the counselor, though, that was just awful to me and told me that I would be happier if I wasn't fat. Oh, uh, that. That was that one. That is awful and not okay. Um,. Yeah, uh, sometimes mental health professionals also suck. Indeed. That is for sure. Uh, yeah, we definitely have some stories about that. Definitely. So the counselor that uh, told you you would be happy if you weren't 
that was that uh at a Cherokee Nation hospital or not? Was not uh at Cherokee Nation, no. It was when I was living with my mom. Um it was one of the mental health facilities further south. Um where that counselor told me that. I think that was prior to moving in with my bio dad. Also, random fun fact about me, I am Cherokee. <laughs> we were just trying to figure out, I, we were Googling it, trying to figure out if you actually had to be native to use the Cherokee hospitals, and I don't think you do. So, But yes, I am also Cherokee. But you were not raised in that area. Was correct? not raised as a Cherokee citizen. Unfortunately, I did not live in the state. But um, I mean, I've got like my Cherokee Nation card and stuff like that. It's proven in my bloodline, but was not raised with that. No. Fair. So I'll. Did you have to see that counselor again after I, did you have to keep going to her? I did. Can you believe that? So did you want to keep going or was your mom like, you need to go? So at this time it was like, oh, I, I remember this was when my life started actually spiraling out of control. When my stepdad moved out, when my stepdad moved out was when I really started being depressed and sad and angry and like typical stuff that you would see from kids whose parents divorce, right? My stepdad was my yeah. world. So I started seeing her shortly after that because that was who my mom's insurance uh, covered. And she sat in with me for almost every appointment, I think. I can't remember. She was like in the appointment with you or like waiting for you? In the room in the room that seems like a bad idea i can't remember if i can't remember if i like asked her to do that out of like comfort or like what what the situation was but yeah i still ended up seeing that counselor for a while and saw several after and then decided counseling was not for me um so did your mom ever say anything that you remember about what the lady said to you no no you don't call no, not anything that I can remember, but, um, struggling with being overweight all of my life shouldn't define me and definitely doesn't mean I should be less happy because of it. So to our listeners out there, it doesn't define you. That therapist was a mess. Thankfully, you now you have a great one now. Tune in next episode where we continue to talk about our mental health and experiences with terrible counseling. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We have a list of resources and hotlines for some of the topics we will touch upon in our podcast. If you have any you would like to share with us, ones that you have used yourself or even ones that you just have knowledge of, let us know so we can get it added to our blog post on finallyoutwithfriends.com. We would appreciate it if you would subscribe and review our show on your preferred listening platform. But no pressure. Take care of yourself, drink your water, and take your meds. <laughs>